Welcome to the show, ladies and gents. This is the eternal student. I am one of your hosts, Dan Clark, and I'm joined as always by Sean Keating. It's a big show today, people. We have a big get. Wait, no, we don't have a guest. We have a big topic. No, wait, we don't have a big topic today. We're just coming at you on a free Funkadelic Friday. Ooh, there we go. I like that. Giving your thoughts. I'm stealing all the terms from KFan, if any of you out there who listen to KFan know, but um, we're coming to you at the end of the work week, people. Working for the weekend, <laughs> as so many Americans are doing for the next 40 years, <laughs> until they can retire and then live out some dream. Um, how about the fact that retirement is a brand new concept, right? I mean, IRAs, 1982. We act like this retirement thing has like been around forever. We act like all this stuff in the world has been around for so long. It's, it's all new. We don't even. <laughs> Everything's new. We have no. I have no frame of reference in a world without retirement. Yeah. Get your portfolio short up. Because I hate all that stuff. You're going to quit working and then what? Then what? Live your golden years like my dad does in his house on his computer every day. <laughs> no. Dad, what are you going to do? No hobbies, no friends, no oh. real interests other than checking out the old interweb. Yeah, I just, I know what you mean. And uh, that scares the hell out of me. I don't know if I'll, I mean, I'll probably. Hopefully I don't forget this information that when you retire, like there's something that happens mentally where your body's like, oh, we're done. Okay. Just, just start falling apart. And that's exactly what happens to people. I know there's some study behind it where it shows like health, like the, the sooner you retire, your like your health problems, the sooner your health problems begin. Like, it's this, and I'm sure it's not for everyone, but I'm, I think it's a higher incidence. Yeah, and I think that's something to remember. Not like I'm going to be teaching 16-year-olds until I'm 80. Um, but I'll probably oh. be doing something. I'm sure there's a plenty of retirement podcasts out there, and uh, I'm sure that's a big, you know, we've. I, I, I love picking the brain of people as they near or enter into it and uh, just hear what their plans are and uh, why and all those things. It's, uh, you know, you hear, hear too many sad stories of people that are nearing that moment and uh, either them, you know, something happens to them health-wise or their partner. And, uh, you know, that's why I don't put too much stock into it because I don't want to live for a moment that yeah. may or may not happen. Right, like you're planning for this maybe time where you can maybe do these things. Yep. You know, I guess if you take that away and you don't think about that, you do those things more immediately. And that's, you know, you, 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 you do them when you are more re like able bodied to do them. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's kind of like a trick. I think that's 
put on us or pulled over our eyes from society. I don't know if it's done on purpose, obviously, but it sure seems like it's not all it's cracked up to be. No, I mean, you got to have a purpose, right? You got to have, uh, first coach I ever worked for, that was one of the things about, you know, working in education in your summers and, you know, depending on what you do, if you're just totally unattached in the summer and going to live a different life, or if you're like a lot of educators still doing professional development or coaching or whatever, and you're still pretty engaged, um, once you get back to school, you'd always used to say, it's nice to have purpose again or, or meaning. And, you know, you gotta have a, you gotta have a purpose. You gotta have a reason to get out of bed. And, um, if you're just, if your reason is just to go play golf and chill, I think, uh, you're going to run into uh, boredom and you're going to atrophy and die as the science says, uh, from what you've seen. (laughs) Yeah. You put it in more, um, eloquent terms there. Atrophy and die, right? You Um, don't use it. You're going to lose it. And, and and I feel like this time of the year is when people start to kind of lose that sense of purpose in general. At least that's what for me. Just you're talking me, about the education system. Education. I feel. I, I guess I don't really know too much about the outside world, outside These of education. private enterprises. Well, you know, it's crazy. Is like I don't. I don't think I understand or like understood how. It's like each one of these, like each line of work, is its own separate universe. You know, sometimes they have crossover, but it's like this entirely different world with their own vocabulary, their own systems. You know, their own. You know, processes and their own ups and downs. And I feel like, in the, at least in the world of education, in school, maybe just high school or middle school even, February is like the hardest month to get through. Even though it's the shortest month, everyone's just pissed off <laughs> about everything. And that's the one thing I, I hate about education is that I can easily fall into that trap and like, when everybody else is in the trap, they just suck me right in. And I'm like, yeah. And here's another thing. God, this is, yeah. well, there's definitely like seasons of our job. Um, not just the, the four seasons, but just the cycles of our seasons and the breaks and the, you know, the fall break and the Easter break and um, different times of the year. And, and the weather has a giant factor. I mean, the fact that I could go out, not to make light of the situation in Texas, but yesterday it was 30 here, which I know when that freeze came over um, southern United States, that was caused all kinds of um, terrible things with no power for the southern part of the country, which I hope they're doing much better. But um, I was out there in shorts and walking and had my AirPods in and listening to a, a audiobook and and having a good time and. Uh, that's 30 degrees and a little sunshine <laughs> on my face. So um feels pretty good to me to have that in February, and, and that's got a little pep in my step. And uh, even just seeing the sun creep a little earlier today and, and some of those small little things that are part of uh, living in the uh, latitude that we are currently in here in uh, southern Minnesota. But uh, I get what you're saying. The month of February can be a grind. It can be... Uh, a tough time. That's one of the things I pride myself on in coaching is that the winter flies by because having that time in the gym and, and something that you're that into where the rest of you poor saps are 
just grinding and uh, salty and trying to get to uh, better times ahead, which is nicer weather and the end of the school year. Yeah, definitely takes some sort of injection of vitamin D or a moment of clarity to just kind of snap you out of it. I know a couple of weeks ago we had a conversation when I was just super negative. I was just screw this and screw that and not really wanting to put in the effort to turn things around. I was like, I'm just riding this sad train, baby. The nice little Dan Clark pity party. Yeah, it was great. Everyone, it's a, I don't know what it is about a pity party, but like, it's not like, obviously it's not, it's not a good thing to be in, but it somehow it feels comforting or comfortable. I don't, I don't know. Maybe like just cause everyone complains and it feels good to be surrounded by that. I know in teaching, like even if you do snap out of it, Sometimes like there are like, I don't think I've gone through a day in the last how many weeks, maybe the whole month of February where I've been sucked into a conversation that is, is negative or a complain fest. Um, and I've tried to like stay in my classroom. A tornado is the top 20 train yeah. would tell us. And it, like, I remember when she, when they, when they gave us that speech, you know, like it was like a, what they call it a ne- like a negative tornado, just a tornado. Wasn't yeah. there some cool term before that? Like, it doesn't matter. Okay, but a negative tornado. Like I was kind of ripping on that. Like, oh, here comes a new tornado. Mm-hmm. But then, like, <laughs> it's pretty true. No, it happens all the time, and and we're all guilty of it. We all do it. Um, there's things that drive us bananas. And and, and, uh, and one thing, one thing that I heard recently that kind of also helped me stay on the snapped out path. I heard this podcast uh, with this woman who was who's from Minnesota originally. She lives in France now. Her name's Erin Meyer, and she wrote a book called The Culture Map. And she was on the uh, podcast Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, um, and she was talking about how you know even though it's not great to to stereotype or generalize. It still is possible to do that with like different uh, sets of groupings. Like you could do it with gender, you could do it um, with age, uh, and she does it based on national origin. And she talked about how you know the world is made up of lots of of different approaches to you know, things that we do every day, like make decisions, give feedback, um, put trust into things. And it was just, to me, it was fascinating to basically hear or like, it's almost, it was like having a mirror reflected uh, or put in front of me or put put in front of our culture that we live in here. Um, because she, she pointed out that in the United States, one of the things that we do in our culture with decision-making is we make decisions pretty quickly and then we change them so much, like frequently after they're made. And there were like, the day that I heard that podcast, there were like five examples of that happening, right? So like here, we're at a high school in St. Peter, Minnesota. There was, you know, one plan to come back and then that plan gets changed, right? And I wouldn't be surprised if it changes again or it's kind of fluid in the future. And that it helped me with this whole negative tornado stuff because I wasn't 
it, it made me not so upset at what was going on with those decisions because it was clear to me like, oh, this isn't, this isn't one person trying to like screw over a group of people. This is just how our society culturally operates. Uh, and the, the comparison she gave was that in, in, in Japan and Germany, they take a long time to make a decision. Right? They'll, they'll poll everybody, talk to everybody, get their two cents, make sure that the, they've got all the input they need, you know, analyze it, make the decision, and then that is the decision. It's fixed. It is not going to change. And, you know, they, they point at, I asked this to my classes, so what is, a, what is a export of those two countries that might highlight their ability to make a decision and stick with it? What's a product of those two countries exactly I might frequently? I, I think I know what you're, you're thinking, so I'm going to say automobiles. Yes, very good. Um, and isn't that the truth? Like, if you look at any ratings of any cars that last for a long time, yep, Toyota, Honda, for sure, right? BMW, Audi, mm-hmm. and it's because of that decision making process. And so, you know, it was just number one. It was an interesting topic that I thought uh, it was something I hadn't really thought about. And it also now has kind of changed my perspective when I see something like a decision being changed, like how I'll react to that, because I'll, I'll just recognize that, oh, this is just another example of our culture at Increases work. Increases your awareness. Yeah. So then maybe your limbic system doesn't get so fired up. Oh, yeah. When it doesn't meet the expectations. No, that makes sense. I mean, I think obviously there's situational things that just sometimes require a fast decision and then there's some things that are you know you have more time to kind of think out um but uh i get how that can be you know frustrating when things are changing and uh obviously we've all gone through that in the last year and we're coming up on the we might have to do a one-year covid anniversary it'll be the one year anniversary of the show it will be a one year anniversary of the show which is uh crazy to think about um that we've been with you for almost a year um yeah i mean decisions are so hard uh i've been reading annie duke's thinking in bets little book she's a poker player but um it's really not about poker it's just about I think a little bit on, on decision-making. It's and, like and her poker philosophy applied to life or one, uh, or just like life lessons from poker. It's really just thinking about life and the decisions we make as far as a bet and how every time we make a decision, we base it on the result. And she calls it resulting, you know, whether we win the game or lose the game, that determines whether it was a good game, whether we invest and the stock goes up or goes down, that determines whether it was a good decision. And we all base it on the result. So, you know, uh, with COVID, for example, depending on how states or countries or whatever handled it and how many cases they had, how many deaths, we're just basing it off that. And the, the reality is in poker, in basketball, in the stock market, you're trying to make the best decision you can and find what I guess we'd call the truth is the hope. But unfortunately, like we live in this world where like, if, if I invest in a, and I, this happened to me, I, you know, when the pandemic started, I just said, I'm going to just throw some money in a couple stocks. 
and they went up and I'm like, Oh, look at me. I'm so smart. <laughs> but if they had gone down, I would have been like, Oh, that's bad luck. What's that and called? Is there a name for that? Just, it's just who we're blaming it on. Like we give ourselves way too much credit when the result goes our way and we just discredit it immediately as soon as it doesn't go our way. And then on the flip side, let's say you did something really successful. Let's say like Dan went and bought an Audi and a Lake place. And I'm just like, damn, he must've got real lucky. Like there's uh, no yeah, yeah, way yeah. he's not that smart. He must've he's just dumb. inherited something or whatever. <laughs> so for other people, their success, we just look at it and we're just like, oh yeah, they, they totally lucked into it. It's because of their, their parents and who they are. And they were given this opportunity but then when it comes to us and when we have success, we're like, man, I work so hard for this. I deserve it. So and how it, do you, how do you, how are you supposed to approach that? Cause I've, I've had this happen. So I've seen this happen. There was a kid. So I went to high school with a future NFL wide receiver, Eric Decker. And his, yep. there was this guy that was also a wide receiver on the high school team. And I remember his complaint was like, well, he only is playing because of his last name. Cause he's a Decker. I'm just like, um, dude, what have you seen him jump over people and like, yeah, get double covered and still it's score like a you touchdown? said, it's complete rationalization and her point and whatever trying to get. And I just use this example with our team lately. Like we won a game in overtime. We lost the game. You look at the results, obviously. Oh, we played well. And then we played bad. But obviously the truth is somewhere, if you really want to figure it out, you got to really look at, okay, what, what was the process? How did we really play? What were the things we were trying to do? Did we really play that badly when we lost? Did we really play that well when we won? And you have to, you have to filter through that to really find the truth. And it's the same thing in the stock market and a business decision in a, buying a house, buying a car, like was your process really sound and what i like that she like talked about in poker is that you know people will lose hands and they'll just be like god i got so unlucky it was unbelievable i was up i had the better cards and then just bad luck and she said she noticed this happening at tournaments and whatever and just became event sentient for everybody and then she she met somebody who basically said listen i'm gonna just be upfront with you if you're gonna vent about your bad luck i don't want to hear it if you want to talk about what decisions you could have made better and analyze those, well, I'm here to, to listen and we'll talk about it. And to me, I think like, hopefully in your life, you know, like for me, I think that's my assistance. Like we're able to have conversations to try to get to the truth. Like we want the truth. Like what is really going on? Instead of just like, oh man, they just, they shot better. So that's why we lost. So it's just a situation of like awareness once again of like being uh, trying to catch yourself when you do that and then sit down and put a, you know, uh, put it under a microscope a little more and try to figure out what actually caused the outcome. What is really going on, right? And I think this happens in everything. And it's one of the things I, I love about, you know, a group of friends I play poker with is we can have talks about the world and we're on different views of it but we're trying to get to the truth we're, we're and that's fun conversations because there's like a there's like a group standard of like 
we're trying to base stuff on facts and get closer to maybe how to base a decision on, right? Like how to make a good decision. Because when you make decisions, you want to try to base them off the best information you have, right? You don't want to base it off just one thing, right? And this goes to this goes to everything. And I guess a broader point I'd make with this is reading and searching for knowledge is great. I've been trying a little bit more to stop always searching and finding stuff and more just trying to do the, I guess the investigation, the applying to my life and making more sense of it because just acquiring facts and knowledge yeah. is, I'm, I'm not going on jeopardy. So, I will be someday. So <laughs> I'm do definitely doing the knowledge searching, but I totally see what you mean. I less, I listen to someone talk about, you know, the same books that we've talked about on this podcast. And when I heard this person talking about them, they were talking just about kind of like, Oh, these, I just, there was so many great little nuggets, but there was no, explanation of the nuggets there was no like integration of the nuggets and i think that is definitely a problem especially in the area of searching for the knowledge just like on this path of just reading yep. constantly like there is no integration like the the hero's journey if i'm sure you're familiar with that right mm -hmm. at some point and the most important part of the hero's journey is not necessarily like any of the first obstacles or the major battle that you you know win your prize from it's actually the the return home and the application of the lesson in the original setting so like in most stories they'll start out in a place right and there's some issue and then they go on this journey they have they meet these great mentors and they learn these lessons and they defeat these uh, these demons or whatever, and then they come back, and then they're 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 basically put into the same situation they were put into in the beginning, and the true cycle is complete when they're able to to like use that information or use that knowledge uh, to fix the original problem or the original situation. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, and I think a lot. Well, I think what happens a lot of times is. Like you're, you, maybe the journey is just reading the book, getting the lesson, but then the, you know, the return home when you're in the workplace, you know, like I've, so an example, like I've, I've read many times over about, you know, uh, not assuming things or being positive, but often when I am presented with those situations in the original context, like at school or the workplace, I go right to assuming I go right to the negativity. And that is, that's the part that I don't know if it gets enough focus, but you're saying that, I mean, you're starting to do that and that's probably a good shift to make is like really focus on the integration at the very end of that cycle. That makes sense. It does. And I think what I'm missing and a lot of people are missing is, is having a opportunity to be with and have conversation with yeah. people that are trying to search for that and trying to figure out how to do that. Okay, so we have this set of knowledge about assuming or about whatever. All right, how do we actually apply it and make our life better? And the, the applying is the hard part. Um, 
and we're so easy to just go back to our habits and our defaults. You know, the Churchill quote of to improve is to change, to be perfect is to change often. And like, you know, I know some people have quotes, you know, about if we're, if we're just going to continue to, well, this is the way things have always been done. You know, that that's the classic, like, really? So we're not going to try to be better. And I think that's really kind of sums up a lot of me at my core is that like, if you're not willing to turn over every stone and look, and I think that's the part of book reading, that's the part of seeking knowledge, turn over every stone, but then there's that part of working it out and working the problem out and trying to figure it out. You know, we all, we all don't, you know, I get stressed just like everyone else in my job dealing with situations and relationships and people and players and parents. And even though I have a lot of these things, it's still just like you're saying, you get in the moment and it's tough to actually deal with it the right way. And so figuring that out is a challenge. And I think you have to have um, people that can empathize and that people that are also trying to find the same golden nugget of, okay, what is the best way to actually do this? Um, and everyone's a little bit different. That's why it's so much fun to learn from other people. I mean, I'm sure whether it's running a used car dealership or it's education or, you know, being running a private medical practice, um, you're not going to be able to have those same conversations unless you can, you know, find people that have a similar desire to find the truth. When do you think, when was the first time you were able to have a conversation like that? Can you like pinpoint the first time like you had kind of a deeper, more examining conversation with a group of friends? I think it happens in, yeah, probably my late high school years, early college. Um, there was that like a, cause for like for me, I can remember like a specific night where it was just, we stayed up, to like, I don't know, three in the morning, four in the morning, just have like, it's almost like those thoughts, like for those for, for the first time where you're going to have those conversations, it's almost like they emerge at those like super strange times. Like, it's not like you're going to do this just. There's usually other things that are involved, but. Right, yes. which, but I think it's important to try and have, you know, some of those moments, create those moments. I don't think anyone ever told me in that process of growing up, like, Hey, you need to really, you know, examine yourself, examine your thoughts with some people that are willing to do the same thing. Um, because that's going to, you know, give you a viewpoint into their perspective. It's going to help. Like if you're open to what they're saying, it might have a change or, or change you or have an effect on you. I don't think I had that until you know, I had many friendships, but I don't think any friendship was on that level until college at some point. And I think encouraging young people to try and find those people and have those conversations is definitely, you know, something I would, I would recommend that they do. That's what I tell, I mean, I got mostly seniors right now. And that's what I tell them is that, you know, in the next five years of your life, regardless if you're going to school or working or traveling or gap year or military or whatever you're deciding to do, you're in this time period where you're trying to figure yourself out and identify who you are 
And those conversations come up, whether it's deep conversations about religion or deep conversations about who we are and like meaning of life conversations and like, what do I want to be? And like, what type of life do I want to live? And what's important? Um, and I think that's the time where you really need to embrace those conversations because it's a unique time in your life to do that. You're not going to have that freedom um, later on. Uh, you know, once you establish yourself in a career or with a family or whatever it is, it's, it's just kind of like such a cool time in your life to kind of do that self-discovery. But that being said, like... <laughs> The pandemic and the world of technology we live in is a severe um, detour to those conversations. And I don't think kids sometimes even know that, you know, how would you know that's even out there, right? Unless you have one. Like, you don't know. Um, but I think, don't you think the, but it's a detour, but I think it also, I mean, it opens people up to conversations like this. I mean, podcasts are not short meaningless conversations i mean a lot of times there are people really bearing everything uh on these things and i think the challenge just becomes and i, I was actually surprised recently i asked my class like how many of you listen to a podcast and they were like i listened to one maybe one time and i just thought like wow i thought i really I guess was misled and I thought that you know the younger generation was all about like it's becoming more and more consuming popular. podcasts but I'd say it's about 30% 40% but wait, but you're totally right about that I mean that point that you just mentioned that it it might actually it probably is more of a detour than it is a gateway you know but it can be both which is paradoxical but um it's definitely you know something that if you find the right type of conversation, it can maybe motivate you to do that. Because when I'm thinking back on those conversations, to me, it, like you mentioned, it's almost like intoxication was like the prerequisite for having that conversation because of like this feeling of judgment, you know? Um, and when you're, you're maybe in a certain state of mind where you're not too worried about that, those things just come easy. So I think, the challenge would be trying to find a situation where you're not having to be <laughs> intoxicated to have that For conversation. Sure. To be yourself yeah. and to really let your yes. inner, who you are, expressed. That's another kind of aha or whatever that's just been more at the forefront of my brain is just how much, at the end of the day, we just we care way too much what other people think and we care way too much about offending people. Yet at the same time, we're so good at talking behind their back with closed <laughs> doors. And that's the way we deal with it. That's the way we um, are wired. You know, we want to be liked. We don't want to seek out conflict. And, um, you know, some people are better at that than others. But um, I think that, you know, goes back to that four agreements and don't taking things personally and, and um, actually really goes back to everything I've the reason I'm doing a lot of what I'm doing is because I honestly think the number one gift you could give somebody coming out of high school and into college is like helping them figure out who they are and what you're about 
And if you really, really know yourself and you really, really understand what you're about and you believe in your standards, then it makes it easy in any situation because you just go to those. Just like, where does this fall? Okay, here's how I'm going to react. And it's just so much easier said than done. But it does start with self-discovery. Like you have to figure out what you are. And too many kids just being like, I don't know. That's just not an answer. That's not an, that's not acceptable um, because you haven't put any thought into it. And uh, and I get that you're scared, and I get that that's out there. But um, those conversations are are really what I'm trying to get at in a lot of my classes. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, even just trying those things out. You know, first that, that thinking part. Is the is step one, but also step the next step is probably actually going out and trying something that you you know might be the next the next passion that you're totally wrapped up in. And I mean, I don't, I'm 32 and I'm still having these moments. Um, so I guess, I guess what we're trying to do is just trying to what spark that earlier so that you know you're not. Um, I wouldn't say wasting time, but you you just get to that point of uh, satisfaction. You're not growing, right? You're, you're not getting better, right? Yeah. You, so it's like a just that stagnant period, you know, versus you know consistent personal growth. Um, because I mean, I, I just put together a a reel of my media production classes clips, and it just it just made me realize how thankful I was that I tried a new class on a whim and it's led me to editing video. You know, it led me to have, you know, being able to record this podcast. It's just, just because I was willing to try that something out. And I think that, you know, is that next step of the, you know, we talked about it before, but like the integrating of the thought that you had that maybe was because of some time for self-reflection. Yeah, it's, I played a little Jordan Peterson clip in class the other day, and that, you know, that was one of the things in his only Jordan Peterson way he could describe it, but it's just like, you try new things, you're going to be terrible at it. You're going to be terrible at first. I mean, you don't know. You don't know anything. You know nothing. You know less than nothing. You know, when you try something new, this, you know, and it does go back to the fixed and growth mindset and the grit and the, you're not going to know, you're not going to know how to, if you're not very good at conversation, you're going to suck at it. If you're not, you know, these kids that try something new, I give them all the credit in the world. Like that's going to teach you so much, like going out for something new or going to get a job or asking that girl on a date or whatever it is, like trying something different, you're going to be bad at it. And then you just, you got to learn. And if you're, you know, willing to do that. And I think, unfortunately, some people just stay in that comfort zone way too long. And some people stay in it their whole life. Um, and that's where I do think there's, you know, personalities and whatever and different types of interests. But, um, at this age in their life, 
And as you get older, you know, I mean, one of the best things, I mean, I started hunting a few years ago and like doing something new like that, bought a boat just because to me, it's like, you gotta, you just, and I'm, I'm a jump in like, okay, let's go. Let's buy everything we need and let's figure it out. And people laugh and geez, you're crazy, but I want to learn everything I can about it. Like I have hardly any clue how to catch a fish. But damn, we're going to have a lot of fun trying. And I'm going to do it with my kids and make memories. So that's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. That, that's an experience I'm going to have with them forever. Like, whereas instead I could just be like, nope, never grew up with a boat. So I don't know how to do it. So I guess you'll just have to wait for your uncle to do it. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's the way my dad was. Yeah, and if, if you, I mean, having... Doing that by yourself, I mean, have you been able, has it just been you or is there anybody else around you? I've been, yeah, I've been fortunate to have friends or family that'll encourage you to do those things or like support you in that. Well, either just help with it. I mean, ultimately you got to make the decision, right? They're not going to buy the boat for me or tell me to, you know. Right. But it, hel it probably helps to have somebody. Influences. Yeah. Yes. Maybe prodding you a little no bit doubt. to, you know, to try those new things. Like, right. Right now, I mean, when you mentioned, you know, all those examples of jumping in and figuring out, like, well, we're just going to figure it out. Um, it reminded me of a Kevin Hart clip that I posted on our Instagram a long time ago, and that was the same mindset that he had. It was just, like, anybody he can talk to to just learn about what they're into, he's going to take it. You know, and people actually, you know, like you said, they laugh, they ridiculed him. But, like, he, I think he was talking about, like, if I don't care if you're, if you make like straws in a, in a factory. I want, I want to know how that works. And that's maybe more of like a business mindset, but it's that idea of just being curious and then being okay with looking like you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just actually heard something like yesterday about how, it's like there's like a thousand year old quote about Socrates because uh, the quote was that he was told by some people that he was they knew he was the smartest man because of his uh, his ability to acknowledge how little he knew, right? Um, and that's this that's where this all starts. It's just realizing that you know you don't know anything. You know, like you what you know is a drop, and what you don't know is the ocean. Right, but so many people in this world go around acting as if they are the ocean, and they know like their drop is the ocean, and they know everything, right? But at the end of the day, it's just their crayon drawing of uh, you know blueprint for life or humanity, and they show it up like here, look at my blueprint in crayon. This is the way it is. But everyone's got their own crayon drawing. They've got their own. You know, glasses on, however you want to spin it. You know, everybody's coming at this thing from a different point. And, you know, what they're using to form their point and what you're using to form your point and my point is next to nothing. And I think that's another just important little aha to have is that just realize you, you don't know a lot. You know, it's more than what you do know. Yeah. I mean, be a, don't be a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all. And, uh. It's perspective, you're right. I mean, everyone's got a different lens, and it goes back to, again, if I could give one thing to the world, it'd be empathy. I mean, if we if we truly 
saw each other and uh and put ourselves in their shoes it it just makes perfect sense and and then you try to get to a level of understanding and i think what it also it takes it probably like for me at least or maybe even you can speak to this but it takes it this idea or these topics being presented in a way that are like most understandable by you you know like for some people that's religion Right, like that, they get that. That for them, that is the thing that, like, they understand the lessons. They know how to apply that. Um, you know, for other people, it's, you know, different maybe self help books or different philosophical uh, writings, like some stoicism quotes. Um, I mean, most recently, I've kind of I've kind of figured that the the guy that wrote the Four Agreements. He's got, I mean, him and his family have a series of books and it's all based on the wisdom of one like ancient Mexican tribe called the Toltecs. And to me, I just realized like, oh, these are, these are all things that most religions or most, you know, personal growth or self-help or podcasts are talking about. But for me, this is the one that speaks to me the most. And it took me, you know. 32, uh, it took me that long to find it. Um, and I think that is also an important part is finding the, finding the source that is most absorbable by you so that you can have the greatest amount of change. Yeah. And it, it, you know, what are you paying attention to? And yeah, once you realize what people are paying attention to and it, you know what is fueling them then it just everything makes sense like if you ask them what books they read or what do you listen to or what do you watch or who do you hang out with like you can only be the person that your your environment creates like you can't just be like we, we expect people to be like us yeah and that's just not the reality and meet people where they are at and too often, you know, goes to back when we were talking about, you know, you are good enough. Just, just meet them where they're at. They're not, you know, clean up your own yard first because you got plenty of issues. And clean your room. Plenty, it's very dirty. Plenty of crap in there. Um, so it's, I don't know how we got into whatever we're talking about, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's a never ending journey. I think if I go back to like retirement, like I don't, yeah, I'll be one of those. I, like I'm never retiring. I'm, I'm, I'm going to constantly be seeking knowledge and, and talking and trying to figure out how to do things. And I'm that guy, like, you know, I remember when I started playing poker with the guys I play with a lot of farmers and I'm just like, so what do you guys do? You plant the seeds and then you pick them up at the end and then <laughs> turn them into the bins. Like what else, what else is there? Sounds, sounds pretty easy, you know, but then I just ask questions and okay, why drive by farm fields and I'm more observant and I'm like, what's this about? How does this work? How do, you know, and it's, it's really that simple. Be pay attention, be aware, make observations and, and don't think that anybody you know, it goes back to that, uh, you know, growth mindset of everybody can teach you something. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, that's really the philosophy of an eternal student. I think, I don't know. We started this episode out 
thinking it was a show about nothing or this episode would be a show about nothing. Which, if you're a Seinfeld fan, you know exactly what we're talking about. And if you aren't, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a large chunk of our audience, because they are younger listeners, haven't ever seen an episode. No, they haven't. I mean, would it be, you think? Do you think that show still holds up? Do you ever watch? <laughs> Absolutely. It? Do, you, do you watch reruns I'm a of it? Giant Seinfeld fan. My brother got me onto that. My brother's probably watched every episode five hundred times, so he can quote any episode, any line. Um, I'm a big fan. Um, if I want twenty minutes of humor before I go to bed, that's where I'm going. <laughs> You know, people say curb my enthusiasm, curb your enthusiasm, whatever. I've I've watched a little bit of that, but Seinfeld just holds a different standard for me because but, he, of the, but the same guy wrote. I understand, that, but know? it's a different show, damn. Yeah, but it, the one has a laugh track, and the other one doesn't. That's like the main difference. You're like the. That's like a. That's such a thing for you to say is like, oh, I know comedy so much better than I anyone am. else. So <laughs> laugh tracks can't be funny shows. No, I didn't say that. I just think it's the same jokes. With one has laughing, another one doesn't. Yeah, well, I, the characters—they're both though. pretty funny. Kramer, and, Costanza, nothing gets better. There you go, young folks. If you have—I don't know where it's streaming, but it's probably on YouTube as well. Check out an episode of Seinfeld Still on and, TBS and TNT if you have those channels. <laughs> yeah, probably like twice a day at four o'clock. <laughs> oh, more than that. Like it's been on for the last yeah. twenty years. Yeah, yeah, those people are being paid handsomely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a gig. Well. Anything else on your radar this week, Sean? That's no, really I, I, we to do. You? I do have one guest in the hopper, and I know you. Yeah, I got one. You too have one. Up. So we have a couple guests coming up. We have the anniversary of um, COVID, as far as it's concerned for us. Everyone's will be a little bit different, but um, that's coming up. And for me, getting towards the end of the the winter sports season, so um, going to continue working hard there and. And encourage you to explore, try something different. Yeah, um, and, and I just want to say thanks to you know those people that have uh, reviewed the podcast. I was just looking at those the other day, and I was just, I was happy that we had you know seventeen. I was yeah, like wow, seventeen people care enough to yeah. click. And click uh, the, the star. reason we continue to do it, other than you know for us, is that we're hearing from you, and every time somebody reaches out and. Um, whether it's a text or at our show page on Instagram or our website. Ooh, yeah. Let's talk about, um, if you want to reach us on Instagram, Dan, how would you do that? Uh, you send a message to uh, the eternal.student.podcast. Uh, and the link on the, on the Instagram takes you to the, the website where all the... All the episodes, it just links you to like Apple Podcasts. What else can you do on the website? You can buy merch. Yeah, Ooh. we have shirts that we have stuff with our logo on it. Maybe we'll get creative and think of more things. But um, if you want to support the show, yeah, I do that. We don't actually get the profits, but because there is none, it's I tried to make it as cheap as possible for you guys. Yeah. Um, but it does uh, spread awareness. You know, tell a friend, send it on to somebody else, and. Uh, and there's so many different uh, episodes, as you guys know, and and you know the one we just did on on you are good enough, um, yeah, had some pretty deep meaning. Um, some people that I, yeah, in my life reached out, um, meant a lot to them, and, and so that made me feel good. And um, there's all kinds of different episodes on there, from you know dealing with stress to mental toughness, and 
So there, there might be something if you're listening out there that you know of someone in your network um, could maybe use a pick me up. Uh, send it on and uh, share it out. And we would really, really appreciate it because the more listeners that uh, can listen means that we can have a bigger impact. And that's what we're trying to do. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Eternal Student. We'll see you when we see you. Peace. Peace.